0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews. So sometimes when we're faced with some challenges that we need God to meet, even I myself have to stir my faith. Did you know that? This morning I want to talk to you about, the title of the message is, The Process of Faith. The Process of Faith. Hebrews eleven one and 2, please. Hebrews eleven one and 2. When you're there, say yay. If you're not there, say nay. All right, come on, nays. <laughs> Hurry up. 11, Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for insight into faith. We thank you, Father God, that you make my tongue the pen of ready rodder to speak forth the words unto your people. Father, I pray that we have eyes to see and ears to hear What you want to speak to us this morning. And Satan, you are bound. You will not come and steal it out of our hearts. Father, we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. So when we operate in faith, it pleases the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I want to be pleasing to my Lord. Sometimes I feel like I'm unpleasing to him. And then I have to make a correction. Anybody besides me ever feel that way? Yeah, and we just make a correction. Hebrews 11:6 says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So diligence, what is diligence? It's a consistent basis. I don't know about you, but every day I talk to the Lord. I talk to him about my problems. I talk to him about my shortcomings. I repent of my shortcomings. I rejoice in him. I worship him. When I walk out my front door and I see the sun rising and the moon still there, I look up to heaven and I say, Father, I just want to say thank you. Like working nine hours yesterday when everybody had left, I came in here and I sat down and I had the lights down low. And I just like, Lord, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank you for this building. I want to say thank you for all the congregation members. I pray you bless them. I sat right here. And I talked to him about you. Amen. Appreciate it everybody that came out. Appreciate the business that I'm able to do. Appreciate the ministry. I just want to say thank you. You didn't have to do this because it's been by your hand, not by the hand of man. Can you say amen? So I'm going to thank two individuals. I'm going to thank you for sowing, and I'm going to thank God for bringing it to pass. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And so faith, what is faith? Faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is the title deed of what you believe. Do I believe that God is going to give $10,000 we'll have it on time? Absolutely. So how do you know that? We're going to go win souls. And that's God's heartbeat. Can you say amen? I mean, if he told Peter to go take a hook and cast it into the lake, come on now, and he caught a fish, Amen. Which had a coin in its mouth to pay taxes. I wonder if there's finances in catching men. Because he said, I'll make you a fisher of men. That's some heavy duty revelation right there. Because come on, somebody. So I've learned over the years. I guess this is the 16th year of doing crusades. I've just learned over the years. Man, if I just go about getting souls. If I go about winning the lost. If I go about winning souls. Hello. I mean, they may come to church. They may not come to church. I can't force them. I, I am still threatening to get a black van. And we go into the neighborhoods, and we'll have drive-by snatch salvations. Praise God, amen. We'll get guys dressed in black. And if we go soul winning in the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't show up for Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. That's when the black van's coming by your house. They're still in their pajamas. They go by and pick up their paper. And all of a sudden, the van pulls up. throw in, quick. They drive them to church and they come and sit them on the front row, take all the hoodies off. Praise God, amen. And we're just telling them we thought you decided you wanted to come to church today because you told me last Saturday you were coming. How many times have we gone soul winning and somebody says, Oh, I'll be there at church. I'll be there, I'll be there in the morning because I see your hand. Yep, the black van. We're gonna buy one. Praise God, amen. Drive by salvation, man. <laughs> The definition of faith, faith is to persuade, to draw towards anything, to unite, to believe, to obey without questioning or receiving of facts. This is known as blind faith. Hmm. Belief is the ascent of the mind dropping down into the heart the truth of what is being declared by another. Resting on His authority and truth, the facts of God's Word without any other evidence. So in other words, we're going to take God at His Word no matter what. If God settles it, come on, if God said it, that settles it. Now you've heard this said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, God's Word, when He says something, that settles it, Period. whether you believe it or not, praise God, amen. And I wrote this little note this morning. and I put this, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Or, God said it, I doubt it, and that settles it. But if I believe it or doubt it, it doesn't change what will be produced in my life. Whether I believe it or whether I doubt it, it won't change what's going to be produced in my life. Except if you believe God's word, then it will change your life. Have you ever seen the sign "God is my co-pilot"? My grandfather had one of those. I tried to make the suggestion: move over, he needs to drive. Praise God, Amen. God needs to drive. God's my co-pilot. No, you get in the cockpit, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna get in the back. You fly the plane. I don't even need to sit in the front seat with you. God is my co-pilot. Wow. You better make him a pilot. Amen. Here's the definition of substance, because substance has a weighty to it. There's water is substance that you drink, right? Food is substance that you eat, right? Provides provides fuel for you. Substance, in the general sense, being something existing by itself. The essential part, the main or material part. So now faith is the substance of what is hoped for. Now hope is not, I hope so. Well, I'll see you tonight at church. Well, I sure hope so. Well, you'll be pay- your bills will be paid by the end of the month. Well, I sure hope so. That's not that kind of hope. Hope, biblical hope, is a positive expected outcome. That's what hope is. It's the hope of what you're believing will come to pass. You know, Pastor Marie and I, we've been believing God for something for almost ten years now, and it hasn't come to pass yet. And so I said to her, "Oh my gosh, you ever get weary?" She's like, "Nope." See, I was over in my complaining mode. Don't look at me like that. Your halos are leaning. I hear the heavenly choir standing behind you. Oh. I said, man, it's been 10 years and it hasn't come to rest. She said, well, I don't care if it's not another 10 years. I'm like, you're right. You're right. I better line up with it. I better line up. You know, ever get in that mode of just, you know, yuck? Yeah, yeah we all do. And then somebody got to pull you out of the mud. He say amen. I mean, you don't want to get in the mud with you because it, then it would be really bad. Right? Yeah. The definition of hope, an expectation of some good accompanied with at least slight expectation of obtaining it or the belief that it is obtainable, the surety, the foundation of confidence in a future event, the highest degree, well-founded expectation of good. Hope, therefore, always gives pleasure or joy Whereas wish and desire may produce or be accompanied with pain and anxiety. So I wish that would happen. Well, that's pain and anxiety. Come on. No, I hope is a positive outcome, a good, positive outcome. So, what is faith? It is believing in your heart that's what you have expectation for, a hope of a good outcome. Something you cannot see, feel, yet obtain, and it is the basis of believing God and His Word and the declaration out of your mouth. Many times you have to just speak it out. You speak those things that be not as though they were. You have to understand that your faith is connected with your mouth. If our mouths are always saying negative things, I doubt that ever happened. Nothing ever good happens to me Come on now. I don't win anything. Hello? Right? Oh, I don't think they're going to pay us. They've never paid us and they're not going to pay us. Guess what's going to happen? They're never going to pay you. Praise God. I think sometimes we either dig ourselves out of the ditch with our mouth or we're digging the ditch and falling in it with our mouth. If it is true that there is life and death in the power of our tongues, then what we are saying is what is being produced in our life. You're not amening me this morning. Come on, hello, somebody. Because sometimes what happens, if you're, listen, if somebody says, every year I get the flu. When flu season comes, I get it. I don't care if it's the swine flu, the bird flu, the lizard flu, the sheep flu. I don't care. I don't care if it's... it's the iguana flu. I get the flu every year. And I'm down on my back two, months, two weeks out of every year I'm in the bed. And it's been happening for the last ten years. And I expect nothing less. Right. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not a bird. I'm not a swine. I'm not an iguana. I'm a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Hello, somebody. No, just go to the neighbor's house. Praise God. Where they worship Buddha. Praise God. Amen. Just pass me right on by. Amen. So sometimes I wonder what we are producing. Why? It is true because out of the abundance of our heart, our mouths beat. And sometimes when there's real pressure coming on, hello? That's when you're really, when you're sque- when you're squeezed like a grape. What kind of juice is coming out? Amen. And I think maybe we're just so used to that. Maybe we don't even realize we're doing it until somebody calls us on the carpet. You ever get caught on the carpet? Besides me, at least we're being honest this morning. The rest of you didn't lift your hand. You're lying. I'm gonna have an altar call for liars. Praise God. Amen. Because everybody in everybody in here has been called on the carpet. Come on, been called on the carpet by a friend, carpet by your spouse. How about God calling you on the carpet? Praise God. Yeah, God calling you on the carpet. But he does it lovingly, and he does it kindly. Can you say amen? I think sometimes we beat ourselves up so much that we don't even go to God. Did you know that? Yeah, we feel like we're just worms in the dust because we're just so wretched. No, God's like, what are you doing? Get up. You're a son. You're a daughter. Come on. Amen? Let me put a ring on your finger and a robe on your back. Come on, we're going to have a chateau baron on tonight. Praise God. And with all the fixings, go kill that fatted calf. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen? Yeah, so what's coming out of our mouths? In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says this. While we look not to the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal and everlasting. All right? So whatever circumstance we're facing right now, is just a temporary circumstance. And at times, we have these trials and tribulations It's not because God wants us to to hurt and be in pain. No, sometimes we go into these trials and tribulations knowing that the testing of our faith. Come on, Satan will tempt you with evil and Satan is the epitome of evil. But God never tempts with evil, but he will test your faith to see if you believe him or not. And sometimes what happens is trials and tribulations come around us to see what it's going to produce. Is it going to produce life by the things we say out of our mouth? Or is it going to produce death by the things we say out of our mouth? Yeah. Now, I understand about being tired of being sick and tired of things. Everybody goes into that mode of tired of being sick and tired of something. Okay? And then sometimes we do have to do a self-examination. There are times that self-examination needs to take place. But it's not always 100% yeah. your fault. There are others that play in roles. Remember, I've said this to you. When God wants to bless your life, he'll send a person into your life. When Satan wants to curse your life, he'll send a person in your life. You have to, you have to determine which one is which. You a blessing, you a bless. blessing. You curse. Get out of my life. You blessing, you a blessing. You a real blessing. Well, you're a blessed wannabe, but praise God. Yeah. So we have to determine who's in our life or not. Remember, those you hang around, you will become like. Who you associate with, you will become like. And you've got to be really, really careful of what you have on the intake of your eyes. The eyes are the windows to your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. You have to be really, really careful. And remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little compromises. It's the little subtleties. It's like there was this one particular lady that Pastor Marie knew, and they were having a conversation And this person was telling Pastor Marie, man, occasionally I'll say a cuss word and I don't even know where that's coming from. So Pastor Marie asked her, what are you watching on television? What are you watching on television? Oh, we watch this rated R movie. We watch that rated R movie. We watch this PG-13 movie. We watch that movie. watch that movie. Well, how long have you been doing that? Well, we've been watching these kind of movies. We've been watching that whole series for about six months now. Have you ever noticed that when a new series comes out, there's no cussing? no sexual content and then after about the 6th or 7th episode come on hello somebody the 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 b bomb drops or the f bomb drops hello and then all of a sudden somebody's in the bedroom with no clothes on and you're like what the heck i mean it was good I mean, the plot was good. The storyline, was really good. And all of a sudden, they get, why are they doing that? I know because there's some nudnik in, in Hollywood who thinks, oh, we've got to start showing sexual content, and we've got to start dropping the F-bomb. That'll get more, and eventually, it ends, and there's no new series. And the storyline was awesome, and it was good, and it was wholesome at the very beginning, and everything was doing right. It's those little foxes. Yeah. Those are the little compromises. Those are the little things to try to hook us, come on, into getting something. And then all of a sudden, after six months, when we get into an angry fight with somebody, we drop the F-bomb or the B-bomb or whatever it is. Wow, y'all are awful quiet this morning. That's good. You're listening intently. So it just shows the subtleties of the, the enemy we cannot see. Now, obviously, you could say, it's just not fair. I can't see my enemy. Well, you can't see the victory either. Come on, hello, somebody. But we, that's where faith comes in. I don't know. I've never seen God. I've never seen the devil. I've never seen demons. And I've never seen angels. I've never seen Jesus. Jesus has never appeared to me. The Bible says, blessed is he that believes and has not seen. Come on, hello. But I know that the word of God is true. And I have to stand on the word of God just as much as you have to stand on the word of God for circumstances. That's the reason why it's so important that as the world is waxing worse and folks... It is waxing worse. People's hearts are growing so cold. Come on now. Fear is gripping people's hearts all over the world. People, they're they're, they're more angry now than they've ever been for 6,000 years that human beings have been on the earth. Man, so the signs of the times are there. So you and I, we have inside information because we have the Word of God. That's the reason why it's important that you read the word on a daily basis. Or when you have, you know, even if it's just a few scriptures, read the word. If you're on, the, on your way to work, listen to the word in the car. Listen to the worship music. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Every day you've got to do that. Because that keeps your spirit man built. So that when opposition comes, you know how to properly answer it. Listen, the reason why enemy comes against your finances so hard is because you're sowing into the kingdom. Hello, you're sowing in the kingdom, which advances the kingdom in the earth. So the enemy doesn't like when you do that. Come on, he doesn't want you to be in church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening because he knows that you'll get the word, and once you discover who your enemy is, you use the word against him then your weaknesses no longer become weakness because you've gotten strong in the Word. Come on, hello somebody, amen. But you can coast through this life if you want to. Come on now, you can coast, you can be a a casual Christian, you can be a person who doesn't live by the Word and you just show up for church and, and, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Ever heard this from somebody? I got my own relationship with God. Come on now. What's, what's the theme of the backslider? You call somebody on the carpet, you know, they used to be on fire for God, now they're really, really cold. And you're like, hey, you know, how come you're not in church anymore? Well, you know, God knows my heart. That's one. And here's the second one. You're just judging me. That's the theme song of the backslider right there. Praise God. Amen. Well, God knows my heart. And the Bible says, yeah, the heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Were well, you just judging me. Well, if you feel judged, it's not because I've said anything. It's because of the Word of God. Hold our standard to the Word of God. I got an amen on that one right there. <laughs> yeah, out, of the of, out of the mouth of babes. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. God's Word has to be our standard. Come on. You're not judging anybody if you say, well, you know, I saw something on Facebook. It was really kind of funny. Um, well, you know. I've been living together with this one person for a long time. We're we're engaged for eight years. They've been engaged for eight years. He's my soulmate. No, you're still single. Praise God. Amen. Well, you know, my kids call called, you know, my, my my fiance, Daddy. Well, that's great. You're still single. Praise God. Amen. And if I say something to the effect, you know, listen, if you're not married and you're sleeping together, it's called fornication, it's a sin. Oh, you preacher, you're judging me. No, I just read the Bible. I'm sorry. Because the same, if I go out and cheat on Pastor Marie, it's called adultery. Praise God, amen. If I go and steal something from my boss... Well, you know, it's just good. Did he say you could take that room of paper? No, he didn't say it. But I just feel you know, I deserve taking the room of paper. Praise God. I need a paper at the house, you know. I just, and, and you hear preaching like this, people get all upset. They, they get frustrated. never, I'm never going back to that church. They preach the word too much. That preacher said fornication was a sin. That preacher said adultery was a sin. That preacher said cussing was a sin. Oh, I'm never going back there. Hey, preach the word too much down there. Did you know that the same word that convicts you convicts me? I don't know, gee, preachers get. convicted. Are you ready for? Watch, let, me, let me show you something that's real. You'll really like this. When we sin, we get judged. The sin itself is judgment, and the result of sin is death. But when a preacher falls into sin, it's double judgment. Holy stinking coals on the altar of my Almighty God. You mean to tell me if I preach holiness, I have to live holy? Imagine that. If I preach sin is sin, I have to live sinless. Come on. Hello. And if I don't repent when I make a mistake, I get double judgment. Well, that is not right. Well, you the preacher. <laughs> you the preacher. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. You mean holiness preachers today in 2019? You mean preachers that want to live right, that aren't afraid to talk about hell, that aren't afraid to talk about heaven? Today in today's society? Oh, that that won't build your church there, Dr. Myers. That'll preach a message where everybody feels good. I just feel good, feels good. Did you know two-thirds of the preaching of the gospel is for reproof and correction? Is, is that not what the Word says? For reproof and correction? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So sometimes if our faith is not working, then we have to do a self-examination. Now here's the cool thing. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness and restore us. And listen, if your brother offends you, right? How many times in one day? 490 times. Did not, didn't Peter say, hey Lord, you might to forgive my brother up to 7 times in one day? He's like, no, 70 times 7. So 70 times 7 is 490 times. No wonder the disciples said, Lord help my faith. Because if somebody offends you... Come on. And the Bible says you've got to forgive them. And they offend you again. You've got to forgive them. And they offend you again. I mean, if it is, I don't know how many, how many, t- 490 times in one day, how many offenses per second that takes for an 8-hour day or a 12-hour day or a 14-hour day because if you get offended at work and then you come home and you get into fisticuffs with your spouse and then you get offended then and then you go to bed offended. Praise God. Amen. So let's say you get up in the morning, at 6 in the morning, praise God, and you don't go to bed till 10 o'clock at night. So how many hours is that? Well, that's 12 hours, 13, 14, 15. That's about 16 hours you're awake. Praise 17 hours that you're awake and you got offended. So how, divide divide. Divide 17 hours by 490, which should give us how many times you are to forgive somebody <laughs> per hour. How many times this person? Why y'all looking at me funny like that? Y'all looking at me funny. How many? What is it? 28 times an hour per person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because if he offended me, I got to forgive him. and then if she offended me, and I got to forgive him too. And, and all hour. that's 28, 28, 28. Oh. Why would God hold us to a standard and not He himself keep the standard? So if we ask forgiveness from him, when we make a mistake? So he would not hold us to a standard for one another and not he himself. Hallelujah. That's good news. Amen. Amen. So sometimes our faith can be affected. What are we talking about the process of faith this morning? Amen. Uh, Sometimes fear will take the place of faith. Because we're faced with a circumstance. And we're thinking to myself, this is bigger than what I am. How am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of this? Like I said to you in April, which we're still in April. Praise God. Amen. Okay. April the 12th. Praise God. April the 12th, I got a $5,000 tax bill that I didn't think I was going to have. Surprise! Oh, thank you for the gift, accountant. I really appreciate that.
1: And oh, by the way, here's my bill. <laughs>
0: Praise God, on top of it. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that could ruin someone's day. You know? I paid in, you getting paid back. Praise God, amen. <laughs> I got to pay in. You're welcome. I just want to say you're welcome. If you're getting a refund, I just want to say you're welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Come on now. So, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get the fun, fund. fund. Sheet, praise God. Not the fun sheet, but the fun sheet. And then, you, you know, okay, babe, you got to believe God for another $10,000. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then you got $3,000 on the mortgage. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Praise God. I appreciate it. And, oh, by the way, we need a new computer back there because that thing is an ancient dinosaur. It's 25 years old. Hello, that sucker is 25 years old back there. I don't know. It's one of the original Apple computers with the big tank, the big tank thing, you know. You know, what's it going to take? You know, why do we always wait till the last minute until we have no words up there? Praise God, amen. And then we go, oh, gee, let's take up an offering now. we got to get it. <laughs> Hello? How many plugs in the tire can you make before the tire blows on the interstate? Praise God, amen. <laughs> I know one guy <laughs> and his wife would tell him his brakes were very bad. Every time he pushes them, they grind. she tell them, listen, you need to get the, I know, I know, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it one week. Second week, true story. You need to get those brakes fixed. I I know, I know, I'm planning on it, I'm planning on it. The third week, they pull into a parking lot where there was a blockbuster video as he's pulling this is true story as he's pulling into the parking space he went to put on the brakes and they failed and his car ran right into the glass boom it sounded like a gunshot all the people in the store hit the deck <laughs> boom His wife gets out starts cracking up laughing. He's like in the hall of shame right there. He's in the hall of shame. I wish I would have got the brakes fixed. Now he's got to call a tow truck. Now he's got to pay for the glass. He's got to pay for psychological counseling because somebody thought there was a gunman inside the blockbuster video. I mean, just... So sometimes we go through just as much as you do. No amen on that one, pastor. Praise God. Amen on that one. Amen. Come on now. So we all have to use our faith, the levels of faith. And we all have to believe God for things. Can you say amen? Yeah, it's a good thing. So don't let fear grip you. Always operate in faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. What is this? What is fear? Fear. To feel a painful apprehension of something impending of evil. To be afraid of, to consider or expect with emotions of alarm. We fear the approach of an enemy or a storm. We have the reason to fear because of the punishment or sin. Now, there's two kinds of fear. There's a, a godly fear, and then there's an evil or ungodly fear. Godly fear is this. Reverence, respect of God, due regard, have a reverential awe to venerate. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I have a godly fear. I have a godly reference. Well, how, why do you have such a godly fear? Because I have felt His power and I have seen His power. I have felt His presence and I know His presence. So I fear that which I cannot see, but I can feel Him. Not feelings, as emotions, even though my emotions can be stirred. Like this morning when I was getting my suit on in my closet and sat in the chair, and suddenly the presence of the Lord came on me and I started to weep. And I started to laugh uncontrollably in my closet with Jesse. Praise God, amen. <laughs> my dog right there. Here's my dog. Amen. And then I felt this overwhelming peace on the inside. Amen. It just came on me suddenly. Yeah. Knowing that God's with me. Knowing that He'll never leave me, nor forsake me. Sometimes when you feel like there's the press on you. When the press is on you, that's when you need the grace even more. Can you say amen? That's when you need his presence even more. He just, you just need the reassurance that he's with you and that he'll never leave you no matter what you're facing in your life. No matter what the trial, no matter what the tribulation. If God has never failed you in the past, he's not going to fail you today. And if he's not going to fail you today, he's not going to fail you tomorrow. He'll bring you out to bring you into the promised land with milk and honey. And you have to believe it. You have to believe it. So even though we're faced with all these things, God will bring you through because He's faithful. Can you say amen? And you don't have to be perfect. I'll say that again. Let me try this out over here. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. If you make a mistake, repent of it. Go to the Lord and say, listen, I need more strength in this area. Come on, hello, somebody. I don't know. I'd probably need to stay more off of Facebook because there's more Facebook preachers on the planet than there is in, even in church. It's the most amazing thing, all the famous Facebook preachers and all these doctor, doctors of the law that are on Facebook. They're amazing. So this one particular lady, God bless her heart, she quoted the scripture about when I am weak, he is strong. How many have you have ever quoted that scripture? When I am weak, he is strong. Anybody ever quoted that scripture? None of you have never quoted that scripture. When I'm weak, okay. I I like participation if it's okay. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Right? His strength is made perfect in my weaknesses, right? So here's this wonderful lady. God bless her heart, but stupid head. Praise God. She says this. Paul was not making reference to sexual immorality or lust in his life when he made the comment, I am, when I am weak, he was strong. He was making reference to all the trials and tribulations that he was going through. So therefore, the trials and tribulations of the persecutions that made him weak, therefore God in his life made him strong. I was like, okay, that's true, but dirt to dirt. Paul was married. At one time. If you've ever been married, I don't know about you, there are sexual urges with anybody, especially if you've been married and you're not married. Now, I'm hearing crickets somewhere. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen, Pastor, that's the truth. Oh, so if Paul never had a lustful thought ever, wow, he must be better than Jesus. Wow. Was well, is not Jesus tempted in everything and in every way? Yeah, without. So, I, so I, I just get to thinking, you know, about all of the things. And how can you teach the whole counsel of God in three paragraphs without necessarily going into the detail of any? And why even post it in the first place? Because you could bind somebody up because you didn't. Hello, somebody. Come on now. Tempted and everything. Paul, not tempted. He, he's the one who said, Flee youthful lusts. Obviously, he had to apply that to his own life before he could actually quote it. Imagine that. Flee sexual immorality. Run from it. I had to. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. And then the Bible says that he, when you read Corinthians, it talks about marriage and marriage. He said, every man has their own gift. Do you remember when you read that chapter talking about being married or unmarried and all that kind of stuff? And then at the end, he said, I wish that everybody was like I am, which was unmarried. Okay, so that, so that I can totally belong to the Lord. But the, at the end of the chapter, he said, and each man has his own gift. In other words, his own grace. Come on, indicating that Paul probably had some desires. Can you say amen? So we all have to overcome. Come on, hello, somebody. We all have to overcome. Because Satan knows your past. He's not going to tempt you for things of the future. He's going to tempt you in the weaknesses of your past. And so therefore, you could claim that verse. Well, when I am weak, he is strong in every area of my life. Come on now. When I feel like I'm failing, he's going to encourage you. You're really winning. Why? Because when you are weak, he is strong in any area of your life. Can you say amen? And it's all done by faith. You have to believe that. That's where it comes from. It comes from faith. Godly fear. Let me give you some scriptures on godly fear. It says in Psalms two eleven it says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Psalms 103, verse 11 says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. Godly fear is knowledge, the knowledge of God. And the only way you get knowledge of God is by reading and spending time in His Word. That's how you get to know God. Amen. If you don't spend time reading about Him... Or knowing Him, you're not going to know Him. Okay, you're not going to have knowledge of Him. Proverbs 1.7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of God is wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of God is being clean. Psalms 19.9, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous together. There, there comes a hatred of evil. I think it was Mylon Fever says, Love God, hate the devil. Love God, hate the devil. Love good, hate evil. There's two entities in the world. There's good and there's evil. Come on now. There's Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker for the, that generation, praise God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. There's good and there's evil. Remember, you overcome everything because of your faith. You overcome everything because of your faith. Your faith takes you through to the other side. Faith trumps fear every single time. That's where you've got to rise up and be bold as a lion. That's where you run through a troop and jump over a wall. Come on now. Get that bulldog tenacity. I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. No weapon formed against me prospers. Idle words that have been spoken go back to the source and produce. Come on now. Hello, somebody. Somebody, you got to stand when you don't understand. What do you do? You keep standing. Right? You keep on pressing. It doesn't matter how painful it is. And believe us, all of us in this room have painful situations that we're facing. Come on now. And sometimes it's hard, especially when the pain is constantly in your face. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. I mean, I had to sit down on the couch the other day. I said, you know, do I have some things in my heart that I need to get really dealt with? She said, you do, babe. She said, it's it's due to pain. I said, yeah. Sometimes we all need pain relief. Come on now. Take an AD, not a BC. Amen. Some of you look at me, AD, BC, BC powder, you know. Get rid of the pain, take an A D after death. Okay. I had to explain to some of them because I just I don't think I'm getting that. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. We all have to deal with that. If truly the word says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world than I can overcome. Why? Not because of the words of my testimony, because of the words of his testimony. Yeah. Can you say amen? And we rely on that. We trust in that. Amen. Jesus is the fountain of life. Did you know that? And that fountain resides on the inside of you. When there's a fountain of life on the inside of you, then there's a godly fear on the inside of you. Proverbs 14, 27 says this, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Reasons to fear God are these. One, His holiness. He is holy. Now, I'm not talking about a I'm afraid as in, but I have a reverential fear of Almighty God. Jesus said, don't fear the one who can destroy thy soul or kill thy body. Fear the one who can cast thy soul into hell. So there's a godly reverential feel. But when you come in contact with God, let me tell you what happens. The, the number one thing that you will sense more than anything within His presence he is the epitome of love. I cannot tell you story after story after story after story after story in 23 years of ministry, when the power of God and the presence of God comes on somebody, you ask them, what are you feeling? And they'll say, love. Love. Well, that's so true because the Bible says love covers a multitude of what? Sins. I mean, which falls into His grace and to His mercy. Thank God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus as long as we don't walk after the flesh. If we walk after the flesh, we're going to fall into condemnation, we're going to fall into guilt. But here's the, here's the cool thing about God. You run to him, he washes you clean. He forgives, he sets you on your feet and say, "Listen, I'm going to we I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Come on, let's walk this path together. I'm going to help you. I won't you're not alone. You're not doing this alone." Can you say amen? Amen. Reasons to fear God are His holiness, His greatness, the forgiveness of God. Who can fathom the forgiveness of God? Who can fathom His grace and His mercy? Mentally, logically, we can't fathom that. When Jesus was on the cross, not only did He become sin. Not only was he hated by all humanity, but God himself, the creator of everything, turned his face. Talk about rejection issues. Man. So that you and I can walk in the victory of what Jesus paid on at the cross at Calvary? So when we come to the realization of really who God is, and suddenly what happens is this his forgiveness will begin to overwhelm us. I've fallen, I've fallen into a mess, I've been deceived. Now you run to God and you go, God, I need your help, I need your forgiveness. The reason why people feel like they can't run to God is because they feel so bad of what they've been doing. But that's when you run to him because he has open arms. He's not up in heaven slamming us. He's not, he doesn't have a baseball bat. No, his arms are open. It's the Luke chapter 15 syndrome. He sees you. The Father sees you. You've been in the miry muck of... You've been in the pig slop. Come on, hello somebody. And then when he sees you, because you come to yourself and you're like, my God, I, I really, I've messed up in this area. I really need to repent. I need to ask God to forgive me. And then all of a sudden he looks at you and his eyes, when he looks at you, is full of love. And full of kindness. And full of grace. And then he says, yo, Hey, go get the fatted calf. Bring me the best robe. Listen, go to my, my jewelry drawer. Bring out the best ring. And then only that, he doesn't wait. He doesn't wait. He runs out the front door as you're coming down. The, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He runs out the front door when you come run, walking down the road. And even though you feel bad, he's, he's like, oh, my God. He doesn't even remember. He doesn't even remember. And it doesn't matter if the older brother wants to bring up the problems. He's like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about, Bub? Listen, you've had everything. Everything is mine is yours. But here's something. Your brother was lost. Now he's found. Party, baby, party, baby, party. <laughs> you know when I read that, this is what came to me. This is what came to me. If the wages of sin is death, right? Produces death. So therefore, a person in the mess is judgment enough. That's the reason why God doesn't judge. The feeling bad enough, realizing I was blind, but now I see. And like, OMG, what did I do? That alone is judgment enough. Because the person, how many of you have been backslidden, really backslidden, and then all of a sudden you feel like I need God, but you felt like, I can't go to God. I mean, why would God ever accept me? I mean, he doesn't know what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, hello somebody. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what, oh, yeah. no, there ain't a way he's forgiven me. You, just don't. you don't know the deep secrets. Yeah, he does. The Bible says, can any hide from God? You can't can't hide from God. (laughs) You you can't find me. (laughs) He's everywhere. And then suddenly you come to yourself, I I need God. I need to repent in that area. I just need to change in that area. I I need grace in that. And you just keep, no matter how bad you feel, I need you, God. I need you. He's like, come on. Come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on. Come on. It's party time. That's his grace and his mercy. The first one who has arrived and is perfected in this room, please stand. Stand up, Christian. Stand up. No. (laughs) Oh, man. No. Come to him by faith. Everything you get from God is by faith. You get forgiveness. You get rewards. Even his love. You have to believe that he loves you. But you also have to believe that you love him. People don't have a problem. Oh, God loves me. Yeah, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Hallelujah. God loves me. But here's the deal. Do you love God? Do you really love God? Even in your mess, do you love Him? Amen. Because we know that John 14, 21 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And my Father will love you. And we will come to you and make our abode on the inside of you. We'll come and make ourselves real to you. I think the real, the real issue is, is, you can go back to King David. King David was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a conniver. But watch this. God said, he's a man after my own heart. Yep. Hello? What made King David a man after his own heart? Because when he went to Saul, Saul said to Samuel, the Lord your God. And when Samuel called David on the carpet, he said, the Lord my God. That was the difference. Right there. That guy that gave God permission to say, He's a man after my own heart. Because if I call him on the carpet, what he's done, he's going to fall on his face. And Saul's like, Well, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Lord your God. Wow. So I still gave God permission to say David, even though David did what he did. So even what you do, God can still say. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. Well, you're my favorite. You're, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. God will say, you're my favorite. You're you're my favorite. You're my favorite daughter. You're my favorite son. You're my favorite son. You're my favorite daughter. God will say, you're my favorite daughter. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> yeah, you're working on it. You know, get it a little older. You know, about 17, 18, then you become my favorite son. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Eli. I'm just kidding. Come on, he's sitting on the front row in his suit. Doesn't he look sharp? He's taking notes. Man. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So by faith, anything and everything you get from God is by believing Him. And you have to get rid of the religious mentality that God has a sledgehammer and every time you do something wrong, He's beating you up. That is a lie. Satan will beat you up. Satan will condemn you. He'll even go before the throne of God and say, See what they did? See what they did? See what they did? And then Jesus steps up. Yo. Yeah, who are you? I'm their lawyer. What are the facts? Here's Lucifer and Satan, Jesus. What are the facts? (laughs) Let me show you. I shed my blood on the cross. I wrote the book of forgiveness. I took their pain for them. I took their sickness for them. I took their poverty for them. So you can't touch them, Satan, because my blood is sufficient. The blood, yeah, my blood. The blood, yeah, the blood. You mean the blood? Ah, the blood. The Bible says you run, you resist the devil, what happens? He'll flee from you. When you look up that verse, it says he flees in stark terror. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel on the day of the great right throne judgment when Lucifer appears to humanity, they will say is this the one that brought down King? Are you kidding me? He stands about this tall. He's green in color. (laughs) He's got pointy ears. Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, Luke. <laughs> I can able, I can't do it. Luke. my God! Quick, quack me up. Quack me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Praise God. Amen. Cracking myself up. Years of It ain't happening. Stop it. All right. Now watch this. Faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is a spirit. The colloquial expression The only thing to fear is fear itself. What? What? How many of you heard that saying? Let me see. The only thing to fear is fear. What? How can fear fear itself? Fear is a spirit! Don't you know the Bible says the Lord helps them that helps themselves? (laughs) Really? What scripture is that? Zodiac. 912, praise God. <laughs> Zodiac 912. <laughs> the only thing to fear is fear itself. What? How can fear fear itself? Fear is a spirit. Come on now. It's a demon spirit labeled fear. An unclean spirit. A being labeled fear. Yeah. First, Second Timothy two seven says this: For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind. I don't know about you, but have you noticed that humanity seems to be losing their minds, and most of them are in government? Have you noticed? when you speak an entire paragraph and it doesn't make a lick of sense and you're smiling and you're agreeing with the paragraph you just spoke and it doesn't mean anything, what'd they say? What'd they say? What'd they do say? Come on, hello somebody. Did you know that the same thing that's happening within our government right now is also happening in the government of Israel? It's just the same devil. Come on, same demons. Amen. Just locations of the world. People are losing it. They're losing their minds. You wonder know why it isn't? Because they don't have a sound mind. The only way to get a sound mind is by putting the word of God in your heart. The only thing that's going to keep you sane, people sane these days, is by the word of God. That's the Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged like the sword. Piercing, dividing the soul and spirit and joints and marvels, the discerner of the heart. Psalms 119 verse 105. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's the word of God that's going to keep people. And if none of the word is going in, they will go insane. Because it's the word of God that keeps people sane. Can you say amen? I'm almost done. I promise. Praise God. It's like this sermon is it's like the mercy of the Lord. It seems to be enduring forever. Praise God. The mind can only receive what the seat can endure. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be heard again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay. In Romans 8.15, it says this, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Ungodly fear comes when we're at a place that we're not trusting God. Fear looks at circumstances and not to God who delivers you out of circumstances. Fear looks to the storms of life and not to the one who calms the storms of life. Fear comes from terror, being afraid of something. Fear can cause worry, anxiety, stress, and even death. The Bible says men's hearts failing them because of fear. But when your trust is in the Lord, it doesn't matter what the storms of life are. Because you and I know what the final outcome is. And that is we win. We win, we will always win. Can you say amen? amen? Okay. So, the process of faith. Apply your faith to the circumstances you're facing right now. Choose to believe God. Don't choose to be moved by the circumstances. The Bible says that if you test God, it's in the book of Malachi, where he says, prove me now, and says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pull you out of blessing." So trust God in your circumstances. Trust God. Believe God. Don't be moved by the external circumstances. Don't be moved by the finances. Don't be moved by those things. Just check your heart to make sure everything is right. If it's not right, then get it right. That's simple. Just get it right. Things aren't right, get it right. Once you get it right, then move on. Can you say amen? All right, come on, stand to your feet. Hopefully I, I didn't beat you up too much this, this morning. Praise God. Amen. Every head about every eye closed, if you would, please. Father, we just thank you right now. As we learn to trust you in our circumstances. You've never failed us in the past, and you're not going to fail us now. And Father, we thank you right now. With the things that we're facing, situations that we're facing, our friends, relatives, children, grandchildren, jobs, businesses, whatever it is. Father, we choose to trust you. We choose to believe you. And Lord, if we've fallen short, if we've fallen short in anything, please forgive us. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for not trusting you. Forgive us for not coming to you. Forgive us for compromising things in our lives. Father, forgive us for yielding to our weaknesses. For when we are weak, you are strong in us. Lord, forgive us for not being obedient to your word, not obeying you, not obeying our conscience, Lord. We just thank you right now, Father God, that your word is true. And your word quickens and makes alive our mortal bodies. Father, we thank you and we bless you today. Father, thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.